Today we bring our five-week Beyond the Mask series to a close. Of course, we've been asking the question throughout this series, how are you doing really? How, how are you doing really beyond the surface type of things, beyond just the visible mask and some of the things that we're all kind of experiencing in a new way this morning? I mean, had you told me that 2020 would look like just subsequently after our trip to Israel, we would return, things would shut down, we'd spend a few months exclusively online in church, followed by a short stint in the building in middle of summer with no momentum, go for two plus months outside, and come back inside and be faced with all these dynamics. I mean, the word of the year, folks, is adaptability. <laughs> it's adaptability, and frankly, for me, it's positivity. Many things to get negative about. Why focus our attention? Why spend our energies on those things when we have so much to be thankful for? And how truly we can be reminded of that going into this um, season of Thanksgiving. But we've been asking this question, how are you doing really? Beyond just the surface thing. So we've looked at our, our spiritual health. We've considered our relational health with one another. Two weeks ago, it was our mental health and some very important things. If you, for some reason, missed that message, you'll want to catch that because I kind of, in interview format, we had Jim Hunt, uh, an in-house counselor who practices here at CCCOG, give us some key insight. And of course, last Sunday, if you were with us online or in person, the subject was our physical health. Now, coming off of that message of physical health, my, my hope is maybe that you have been able to, pun intended, digest, <laughs> to digest, but, and maybe start, even ju if just in part, some needed adjustments as it relates to your physical health, things like the healthy eating. And I realize we're heading into the most, can I say edible week of the year? I don't know. Healthy eating, to establish some regular exercise, to make sure that you're getting adequate rest. Establishing or reestablishing some healthy habits in your consumption, in your fitness, in just your rest and margin. I know for me, certainly, there's great conviction that comes when I'm also speaking on the subject, and this past week certainly had a few wins in it, and it had a couple relapses, probably in the eating area, that I just didn't really want to come to terms with. Again, if you're here last Sunday, remember there is some wisdom to making sure that you stretch your stomach adequately for the overload that you're going to face, right, this coming week, so... Don't think we can call it stewardship of our bodies, but I digress. We'll leave it there. So this morning, we conclude our series by looking at our emotional health. What we're talking about specifically is our feelings, whereas mental health dealt with our thoughts today in emotional health, we're talking about our feelings. And of course, throughout this series, we've been enjoying visits, if you will, from our resident luchador. Alejandro, Alejandro and Kaya are directing our children's ministry, and Alejandro, of course, he's been in a mask, so some of you, maybe many of you, don't even know what Alejandro actually looks like. Well, friends, today is the unveiling. 
prepare yourselves, okay? Alejandro, I'm preparing them. He's down in the gym right now. Turn your attention to the screens. Hey kids, this is me again. Today, we are gonna talk about our emotional health. And because of that, I had to do something crazy. I am gonna take my mask off. Are you guys ready? This is me, Alejandro, Alejandro Gutierrez. And today we are gonna learn about our emotions, guys. Because guess what? Our emotions are real. Have you ever been so mad? But maybe we don't know why we're so mad. Maybe it is because we are angry, or we are frustrated, or we are jealous, or we are hungry. Or have you ever been sad? Maybe you are sad, but you know that it's because you feel frustrated, or you feel alone, or you feel uh, hopeless. Or maybe you feel hungry, and that makes you sad. Have you ever been so happy <laughs> that you actually pee your pants a little bit? <laughs> Maybe it is because you feel hopeful, you feel creative, you feel like uh, so much happiness. So now that you know a little bit more about emotions, let me show you a video and you are gonna tell me what emotions is he feeling, okay? One, two, three, mother. Okay, did you like it? So tell your elbow partner what emotions would you think that he was feeling? Was he feeling excited, creative, or hopeful, or just having fun? The more that we identify our emotions, the better we can communicate with our parents when they are some of those that are negative and they can help us out. Because kids, let me tell you this. Your emotions are real. Whatever you are feeling right here, it's real. And it's okay to feel that way. At the end of the day, the most important thing is we are the most precious for God. In Ephesians 2.10 it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you, thank you so much, and we will see you in another time. Adios. We can give Alejandro a hand for that. Thank you to both Alejandro and his wife, Kaya, who is behind the camera. As you can tell, Alejandro is a little bit excitable, 
And if you are interested in knowing more about his hair product, then I'll leave that to a personal conversation, okay? I, I could not even try to wear my hair close to that. But we are so thankful and appreciate their energy and just passion and helping us have a little different glance and engaging our, our children along the way as well. So managing our emotions, I think it's safe to say, can be a challenge anytime. But you add in a pandemic, you add in a recent election season, and all of a sudden, managing our emotions becomes even a bigger deal and a bigger challenge. I would ask you today, how are you doing personally at managing or kind of just going after your emotional health. How are you doing in that area? How are you managing your emotions? Do your emotions at times feel like a roller coaster ride that you simply can't get off of? When it comes to our feelings, I think many wonder, and maybe rightfully so, can feelings really be trusted? I mean, think about that for a moment. We've probably all had that question in our minds at times. I'm feeling this. I mean, can my feelings, can feelings in general really be trusted? I think it's important to point out as it relates to our feelings, two extremes to avoid. Neither extreme is healthy, not to mention very helpful to our overall life experience. You see, of these two extremes, on one end is what would be described as emotionalism. And emotionalism carries this thought that all that matters is how I feel. And if you are one who kind of goes in the direction of that emotionalism camp, then, then you are probably driven by your feelings on all fronts. All that matters is how you feel, emotionalism. On the opposite end of that is probably what could be said as stoicism or being stoic. In other words, feelings are not important at all. And if you're stoic or if you're stoic, I don't think stoicistic probably is a word, but if you're in that camp, then you're probably tending to ignore all emotions that you have. Maybe thinking you can't trust them or maybe there's some other reason for that. Dan Allender, who's been an author of many books, a well-respected author and Christian, but also author of a book entitled Cry of the Soul, writes this. He says, ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality, a, a reality and reality is where we meet God. Emotions, Allender says, are the language of the soul. They are the cry that gives the heart a voice. However, however, um, let's see, however, we often turn a deaf ear through emotional denial, distortion, or, or disengagement. We strain out everything disturbing in order to give tenuous control of our inner world. We are frightened and ashamed of what leaks into our consciousness. In neglecting our intense emotions, we are false to ourselves and lose a wonderful opportunity to know God. We forget that change comes through brutal honesty and vulnerability before God. 
In other words, I think what Allender is saying here in Cry of the, the Soul is that we have to allow ourselves to experience the full weight of our feelings without censorship at times. Sometimes we're so quick to dismiss the feelings that we have. Friends, the fact is, is that God created us to feel a wide range of emotions. Another pastor and author by the name of Peter Scazzaro notes in his book and study Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. You might recognize that because we led a group through that, got cut a little bit short with COVID earlier in the year. But Scazzaro says it's an emotionally healthy spirituality that researchers have classified these hundreds of human emotions that we can have into kind of eight primary categories and see if this kind of resonates with you. The first category is anger, which amongst other things kind of embodies fury, hostility, maybe even just general annoyance that kind of is at the cause and kind of the expression of this thing we know as anger. Then comes enjoyment. Let me make sure, actually sadness, I jumped ahead. Next comes sadness. Sadness includes things like grief and self-pity and despair and loneliness. Then we come to fear. Fear embodies things like anxiety and nervousness and maybe some of us just hearing this that makes us kind of anxious and, and fright and terror. But then we come to enjoyment. Enjoyment includes things like joy and relief and delight and thrill and euphoria. How about love? Love in terms of acceptance and trust and devotion and adoration. Surprise includes things like shock and amazement and wonder. Some of us might admit that we don't really like surprises, right? I'm not, I don't think it's saying that we can't experience that emotion. But shock and amazement and wonder. A couple more. The next one is disgust. Disgust includes things like contempt and scorn and revulsion. And then finally, shame. Shame includes things like guilt and remorse and humiliation and embarrassment. I mean, you look at all of those that wide range of emotions, and you can't help but agree with David, the psalmist in Psalm 139, right? When he says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are complex people. We have complex emotions. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Guys, I trust that it comes as no surprise that we have an emotional God who feels. Now, I'm not putting air quotes over emotional in a negative sense, but we have a God of emotion who feels. The evidence is all over Scripture. God most definitely has the capacity to feel. Consider a few of these citations for God to feel delight. Right off the bat in the, in the creation account, Genesis 1 and verses 25 and 31, we find that as God created the heavens and the earth and then as God created mankind, man and woman, God not only saw that creation was good, but that he saw that his creation of man and woman was very good and God delighted in that. That was a feeling that God expressed through what's recorded in Scripture. Consider a few short chapters later in Genesis 6 where God experiences regret. 
Genesis 6-6, that God observed man's rebellion against him, and it says that God, that his heart was deeply troubled, and that God even regretted making mankind in those moments. I know it's hard for us to imagine that, but Scripture says that God regretted in those moments in Genesis 6-6. I want you to consider another emotion, this found in the book of Exodus, and it's jealousy. Exodus 25, of course, is where God is giving Moses the Ten Commandments, and the Scripture records that the Lord your God is a jealous God, that God can feel, that God can experience these same emotions that we experience, that God can experience jealousy might be a surprise to some of us. How about anger? Jeremiah the prophet in Jeremiah 30, 24 records the words of the Lord to his people and this was a message directed to God's disobedient people when it, refer when it referred to the fierce anger of the Lord. How about love? Let's get to the more positive things, right? How about God feeling love? Jeremiah 31, 3 says that I have loved you with an everlasting love, and that is just such a small sampling of many times over a God who expresses his love for us, a God who pursues us in love. How about compassion? In Matthew's gospel in chapter 9 and verse 36, it says that Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion on them. This was right before Jesus went on to feed the 5,000, right? He says that they looked as if they were, a sheep, they were sheep without a shepherd. Think of where the psalmist writes that we have a God who is full of mercy and grace and love and he is a compassionate God. We see this again and again, and these are, these are just a sampling of so many other passages that I could reference. Our God of emotion feels. And friends, because you are made in the image of God, because you are made in his image, just as it says back in Genesis chapter 1 in the creation account, because of that, you have the ability, I have the ability to feel. It's not something to be taken for granted that we can feel, that we can express, express emotions. Maybe you need to think of it like this. Your ability to feel is truly a gift from God. Your ability, my ability to feel is truly a gift from God. Even if sometimes those emotions and those feelings make us uncomfortable, they each are a gift from God. And God's word, specific, God's word specifically in the book of Psalms and then the Psalms that are recorded help us in understanding and expressing those emotions. If you're familiar, of course, with the Psalms, you know that sometimes at the high point is expressed joy, at the low points expressed sorrow. There's nothing hidden from us in the word of God. It's not just a scriptures that would make God look good or make God's story look good. It's raw, it's authentic emotions which are expressed in the Psalms, both in the joy and the sorrow, in the praises, but also equally in the laments. 
So in our remaining time, in these few moments, let's talk about a little about how to deal with how you feel. See, you can remember that phrase, how to deal with how you feel. And I would say it would be in the form of asking yourself really kind of three primary questions. If you're taking notes, you might note these down. The first one's this, what's the real reason I'm feeling this? What's the real reason that I'm feeling this? You know, maybe it is for a legitimate reason. Maybe you're feeling that because of some past wound or experience in your life. If we're going to learn how to deal with how we feel, we should ask that question. What's the real reason I'm feeling this? Is it a legitimate reason? I suppose we're going to also have to define what a legitimate reason is, right? Or is it not even what is surfacing in and of itself? It's, it's, it's really kind of implication of a deeper wound. Here's a second question. If we're going to deal with how we feel, ask the question, is what I'm feeling actually true? I don't know if this is news to anyone else, but our feelings can oftentimes manipulate us, right? I mean, if you just live in that emotionalism of just solely by your feelings, I mean, it can just get you in trouble. Our feelings can manipulate us, and we should ask that question, is what I'm feeling actually true? Is it truly a reality, or is there some falsehood in how this feeling is playing out in my life? And then the third question, is this feeling helping me or hurting me? Is it helping me or is it hurting me? In other words, is this feeling genuine, genuinely constructive? Is there something positive coming out of it or is this feeling just truly destructive? Is the feeling helping me? Is it constructive? Or is it simply hurting me? Is it doing something destructive? Rick Warren, many of you know Rick Warren, pastor, longtime pastor of Saddleback Church, just a real small church in Southern California, right? And thousands and thousands of people. But I have very much respected Rick's ministry over the years, been to their campus a few different occasions down there. But he puts it this way in one of his studies called The 50 Days of Transformation. And I just kind of captured my attention and, and hear this. Sometimes you need to change what you're feeling, and sometimes you need to channel what you're feeling. Sometimes you need to actually change. Not to just dismiss and say, well, that is not a proper feeling to have. Every feeling is God-given, but if we choose to just simply focus on it and we get consumed with it and it's not constructive and it's just destructive, sometimes we need to change the way that we're feeling about something. But there are other times in these God-given emotions that sometimes we need to channel what we're feeling to use it for good, right? to use it for construction, constructive types of things. I mean, isn't that really true? And only you're going to know whether this feeling maybe requires a change in thinking or maybe this feeling is causing you to kind of channel your thinking in a direction that maybe you're not wanting to go or unpack, but maybe it's the most healthy thing that you can do for your emotional health. The Apostle Paul has a lot to say 
about our emotions and our subsequent attitudes in his letters in the New Testament. I want us to consider just for a moment his wise words in Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 26, in your anger, do not sin. He's not saying it's a sin to be angry. He's saying that in how your anger is exhibited and how it's expressed, in your anger, do not sin. Verse 29 of Ephesians 4, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. I mean, there's a byproduct right there of the emotions and the feelings that we have. What comes out, what the tongue will do in, in the study that I'm walking through with a number of folks from our church on James on Wednesday nights. We've been talking about taming the tongue. We're talking about what a fire the tongue can be. It could just burn down the whole forest. Sometimes it's our emotions and our feelings that are driving those words. Many times it is. Verse 30 of Ephesians 4, Paul writes, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And what I hear there is feelings and emotions that are not brought under the lordship of Jesus Christ in your, in, in your life. Friends, that's a way that we grieve the Holy Spirit. But here's kind of the clincher in verses 31 and 32. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Insert whatever word you need to in that statement. And then Paul goes on to simply say, be kind be compassionate, be forgiving of one another. What a great recipe, what a great solution to how we should govern our emotions, how we should deal with our feelings toward others so oftentimes. Let me close with this, that if it's your desire to be emotionally healthy along with all of the other areas that we've talked about in this series. And I want to challenge you, if you desire to be emotionally healthy, to do these two things. Allow God to work through your emotions. Allow God to work through your emotions and feelings. He's given those to you. And God intends for them to be used for his purpose and for his good. Paul writes in Philippians 2.13, he says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Friends, when our lives are aligned with Jesus Christ, Philippians 2.13 is fully at work. When we're just running roughshod and we're going out on our own, Bygones be bygones. I just got to say what I need to say. I just need to act the way I'm going to act. And oftentimes it lacks maturity. It lacks respect. Be, be ready to give an answer to anyone for the hope that you have, right, is what the Scripture says. But do it with gentleness and with what? Respect. Allow God to work through your emotions. And then the second part is this. If you desire to be emotionally healthy, then I challenge you to exhibit the Holy Spirit in your actions. In your actions. Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and don't you love that the last one? Self-control probably should be the first of the list, honestly. When we exhibit self-control, then 
all of these things tend to line up better, but it still is an important part of this list. Allow God to work through your emotions. Exhibit the Holy Spirit in your actions. Guys, my prayer for us as we have walked through the, our spiritual health and relational and mental and physical and now emotional health, all of these things work together to make us the healthy kind of people that God wants us to be. People who are acting respectfully, who are acting maturely toward others. People who are loving the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's my prayer for myself. Even though I fall short at times, that is my prayer for you. Beyond the mask, right? Masks are going to be with us for a while. I don't know how long. But beyond what's going on on the surface, may we be willing to go deeper. May we be willing to deal with these things so that we can be in as the most healthy place possible. We're going to be challenged, right, in these coming months. You think we've already been challenged, right? We're going to continue to be challenged on a number of things. I pray that you would center yourself on the Word of God. You would center yourself on God's desire and what he says about you and how he has created you. Amen? Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? God, we come to you today and we just thank you, Lord, for how you have fearfully and wonderfully made us. Lord, for all of these areas, including our emotional lives and the feelings that we have, God, may they come under your authority, under your lordship. Lord, I'd pray for anyone here in person or anyone online listening today or even at a later time. Lord, if they have not surrendered their lives to you in a personal relationship with you, that today can be that day that we surrender our lives, God, that we acknowledge our sin, that we seek your forgiveness for our sin and that we invite you to be our Lord and our personal Savior. God, for anyone who is asking that of you right now, God, you readily will, will give that request. You'll grant that request and come in to be their Savior and Lord. For if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. God, may we be renewed in you in every area of our lives. And may we honor you, even in these challenging times. May we represent you well. God, we love you, and we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.